don't come in with a message that will cause a lot of work to the recruiter or to whoever you're reaching out with the manager, right? You need to wait until that moment till they are kind of in love with you. Welcome to the new Tech Lead Podcast. We help you to be more confident leaders by avoiding the traps of inexperience and gain perspectives from leaders in tech, unlike theoretical videos. I appreciate you are here today. Let us bring more leadership skills to the business. Let's roll the interview. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Today I'm joined by Laura. Hey. Hi, happy to be here. Cool. Our today's topic is what to do after being laid off. So in the tech industry, specifically in the big, at the beginning of year 2023, we saw a lot of companies, Microsoft, Facebook, um, Google, announcing or also Salesforce announcing layoffs and a lot of tech talent flooding the market. So in that instance, we had a lot of panic. A lot of people were in panic mode. Am I in? Am I out? What is going on? And at some companies, it wasn't wasn't a quick out yeah. or, or a quick and clean project. For a lot of companies, it is a very slow and suffering process. But looking at the employee side, thinking about what's going on, what to do after you compensate the panic phase? Yeah, I think that's that's a great question um, to ask and a super important one. And I think a lot of people can relate to it, especially for all the facts that you've mentioned. And I would say like the first step is it's okay to be in panic mode for a while, like accept it. It's like a big change. And of course, it also implies that you kind of need to say goodbye to something that you've known for several years or at least some years. Um, so yeah, rest for a bit. Don't try to directly solve that problem. It's okay to be in panic mode at least for some days. But once you've done that, I really like to change the mindset into, hey, maybe this is an opportunity to actually, you know, go for something that you have not been going for because you have been comfortable in your past job. So really try to see the opportunities that could arise from it. And I mean, we're talking about being in Germany, which is very beneficial compared to many other countries. And so I, I do recommend to try to see, okay, what is out there? What could be my next step? Once you have seen some opportunities, um, then it's time to kind of create a strategy. At least that's what I do recommend. Like your job, your career should always have a strategy behind. So now that you know like what opportunities are out there, try to think like, okay, how could I create a strategy that would either lead me right away to that you know, dream job I have or that ideal path that I want to go? Um, and then you know, how can I get there? Is it right away or is it like, a two-step or a three-step kind of thing. And once you created the strategy, then it's time to do some research, like what, what companies can offer that, what I'm looking for, what type of job should I be focusing on? Well, and then once you've done that, it's time to apply. So that is the most difficult phase, of course. But if you have a strategy behind, it does make sense and you're working towards a vision. And I think that makes it much easier. So yeah, to summarize it <laughs> without feeling all those emotions that you're going through in such a case, that's what I would recommend. Thank you so much for outlining these kind of strategies. So after the panic mode, try to get hold of yourself. Think of where you want to go and see it as an opportunity. I love that. <laughs> now, looking at the application process, what I really love about LinkedIn is that you can go for an easy application within a click of a button. 
the HR individual knows who you are, knows that process and all this cool stuff automated. Now, when I look at, and I feel it's 90% of the companies, they don't offer this kind of LinkedIn quick apply op option. So at a lot of cases, a lot of people recommend reach out to the recruiter, have a chat with them, discuss it. And most of the times I see, on the other hand, these platforms they built where you need two to eight hours to type in everything you have on LinkedIn already and set to go. And that kind of makes me think, if these people have this platform, which takes me eight hours of typing everything in, and because my middle school exam results weren't A++ or a 5.0 and some other standards, uh, I'm out. I don't want to work there. So I feel I'm missing an opportunity, but particularly this company misses out on an opportunity. So thinking about application, how would you go with it? Yeah, um, I totally agree. I mean, um, just a little bit of, of background information. So I, I founded Career B, where we really focus on, on both sides, right? Talents who are about to apply to jobs and need help. But on the other hand, also companies who are looking for talent. So we look at the recruiting process and things like the ones you mentioned, which is they can need that experience, right? What is the step-by-step -step process? So let me just give you a little bit of background information, and then I will answer your, uh, your question, because I always find that very interesting. Now, the good thing for talents on LinkedIn Easy Apply is that you only click once, right? And then it's settled. The problem about that, though, for recruiters is that it is a huge workload. Sometimes it's even more workload than to select people through the process by making it a little bit more complicated. Why? Because it is so easy to click, you will not believe how many people apply to one job that have nothing, nothing to do with that type of job. So it's like, I don't know, they did, um, just to give an example, like they worked always in, in a restaurant something like that. And then they are applying to, you know, this finance position, super specific within the industry. So it's like no match. Recruiters get tired super fast and super annoyed. And that is the problem about making it too easy that people kind of don't use it the right way. Right. So then companies are like, okay, what barriers could we put in the way so that we kind of select and make sure that our work doesn't get duplicated or triplicated? And then something that happens is, you know, this, these things where it's like, answer this four or five questions, which could be okay, but then sometimes they use systems that make it so difficult that even answering five questions takes, as you mentioned, like four or five or even six hours, which is absolutely wrong from the company perspective because you're losing good talents that don't want, you know, to waste their time. And um, so... What I say is like, I, I hope that if, if there's someone listening who is in the recruiting process, that you truly get feedback from talents if that process that you're offering does make sense or if there's something to, to change about it. From the talent perspective, though, um, I, I recommend to be critical in the sense of if this is a job that is, you know, 100% worth it because it's like the dream job, then... I mean, put in those five hours. I know it's super annoying, but there's if there's no way around, then you probably have to go through it. The good thing about it is that not many people will do it. So you might stand out even further. Um, and, you know, on the other hand, just if it's worth it, you're just investing, you know, five hours in that dream job. But you don't need to, to apply to one million jobs because you're maybe being very strategic and only applying to those right jobs. So 
that's okay. Um, but yeah, if it's not a dream job, I wouldn't go through that way. And then the other way is to really um, check out, you know, LinkedIn connections, like who is the recruiter, if that's possible, or who is the hiring manager, and try to create a connection through that way. Also here, like cultural differences, I think in, in other countries, it's super easy to reach out to people on LinkedIn and they're going to like accept it. In Germany, people are a little bit more skeptical. It's like a little bit more trust-based. So like just reaching out will not like automatically open doors. It does take longer. So that's not a strategy that always works. Okay. So in Germany, I have to be more careful when I reach out to them. So how can I increase my chances? Because mm -hmm. yeah, connecting with you and saying, hey, I'm Marvin doesn't work maybe next phase is hey i found this job opportunity at company xyz and i'm curious if you are the right hr individual i should reach out to because i have a couple of questions about it or yeah would love to apply without spending eight hours uh, on your <laughs> misconfigured platform right <laughs> Right. I mean, that's such a good question that you're asking. And I, I always say, like, the first rule is don't come in with a message that will cause a lot of work to the recruiter or to whoever you're reaching out with the manager. Right. Because especially like in Germany and no one like ever in the world, you'd never want to be approached by someone you don't know that implies a lot of work that you need to do for them. It's like, why would I? Um, so the first thing is create a message that rather, you know, shows that you're going to be, you know, respectful, that you understand like the positioning or you have a, a reason to reach out that doesn't imply like you please check my CV and hire me for this position, which doesn't make sense. But I, I like the approach that, that you said, which is like, you can also ask and be like, hey, this is my dream job. Um, I've really um, looked through the requirements. And if you look at my profile, let me tell you about the key things that I bring. So you make the exercise of not like them needing to check out your LinkedIn profile. You give them the key facts already. Um, so you do the work and then you can be like, are you the right person I could be reaching out to? I like that question, actually, because um, the person can say like, oh, no, this is actually someone else. Or they can say yes. Um, and it is kind of doing them a favor because you you already did some work. You summarized the key things and then they know they're not going to waste their time looking at your profile. So, yeah, making the life as easy as possible is the goal. And this also applies for your CV. <laughs> and and I love that approach. I actually would, would add to that now with, with this problem. Don't create a problem for them because you're not the one they should serve as like solve a problem for you. You don't pay them. You don't do anything. Um, so twist it around and solve a problem for them. So I saw you have an open position. Would love to solve that problem for you. Uh, I'm the right candidate. Yeah. Um, and if you're not the right HR individual, can you guide me to the right one? Yeah. Um, so with that twist, I would say, oh yeah, there's someone solving my problem. I'm interested. Where if I get a question or get a message, hey, I'm Marvin, look at my CV, look at this position. Ah, oh, it's work. I don't want to talk to you. So solving a problem sounds amazing in that sense. Thank you so much. And that's just a little mindset tweak and increases our chances by so much. Absolutely. And also like uh, being engaged, you know, like what I see so often, um, 
like I, I think in LinkedIn, because we, we work with so many times, we receive like so many connection requests with messages like, check out my my CV, please. Uh, can you do that until the, the end of this week? And I'm like, you know, I wish I could. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, what I'm saying with that is um, I, I truly like the approach of, you know, sending out requests, but then also being very active in the network. So like liking comments or liking the post, because when I see someone is engaging with my company, has been around, and then they ask me, you know, hey, would there be any chance for you to check out my profile? I've been following you for so long and I really love your content. Then automatically my attitude towards the person is different. Mm -hmm. So what I always recommend is if you are applying to companies, follow those companies for sure. That's so easy in LinkedIn. And then not only follow those companies, but go to the post section of the company, check out what they have been posting like that, like comments of employees, really deep dive into their companies if you were already working there. That's the best way to also, you know, get noticed more and more. And I can tell you, recruiters do check out if you're following the companies. So please go and do that. Thank you so much. That's really, really insightful and, and actually engaging and just a different different set of engagement. Now, you also said so many people reach out to you and say, look at my CV. Can you evaluate? Do you like it? I heard there are only a couple of seconds HR individuals look at it. It's definitely less than a minute. But one individual also reached out to me this week little bit of a more experienced one who said, look, I use ChatGPT. These are my two pages of plain text. What I all did, it was very general, was very neat English, but that was due to ChatGPT and I couldn't do anything with it. So how do you feel the whole interview process changes if on the one end I as an applicant use the generative or large language models. And then on the other side, we have some automations and also using large language models. So on both ends, we're using kind of models to interact, but we are not interacting anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. And, and I'm also very curious to see how it's going to advance. So let me just say one thing um, about Germany per se, right? One question, like not talking about chat at GBT right now, but one question we receive a lot is like, hey, should I create a CV for a machine to be read? Um, because that's, for example, in the US, what, what is very common. And the thing in Germany is that actually it's human beings still reading your CV and scanning your CV. Like there's almost no machines in the middle of that. So what you're doing is you need to create a CV that is easy or even a LinkedIn profile that is easy to be scanned by human eyes. And that is so different than how a machine would scan, right? We get tired faster. We um, submit a lot of things along the process. And the seconds that you meant, I mean, recruiters use a two scanning process, which is the first process is like 30 seconds. I will only search for keywords in your CV. And then if I found like 60, 70% of the keywords of the job are in your CV, then my brain tells me like, it's okay, you won't waste your time. And then it's the first time that I will read your CV, right? So what you need to create, and even if you're using ChatGBT, is use it as a help for sure. It's great. It can take a lot of work from you. But then Look with your human eyes at it because in German, it's going to be the human who's going to scan it. Like, is it easy to scan? 
the CV that you've created or the LinkedIn profile that you've created? Or are you putting way too many words in there that are confusing? Or are you highlighting stuff that is just distracting the recruiter from what they should actually be scanning? So you can use it as, you know, a help. But then as long as there are humans still in the process, which I hope remains, um, then I definitely say like create it with the help, but then personalize it for the human eye still in Germany, at least. Got it. Thank you so much. Fast forward. With your help, I got the whole process right. I got invited. Now the thing is I want to prepare myself the best way. So on LinkedIn, the company, what are they posting? What are their solutions? What kind of departments do they have? Now I'm thinking of compensation and salary. It's a very big topic for a lot of people. And I sense there's not a real common ground talking about it. So it shouldn't be the first sentence. Hey, I'm Marvin and I want to have this kind of salary. Uh, shouldn't be the last in the fifth interview that we are not getting around, that the range is not in there. And I saw in, in the US, you see more and more salary ranges displayed. I don't see that in Germany that often. And even if you have that range, there's something I heard about base salary. Then there was target earning salary, a lot of times in sales, but as an applicant, I have no idea. And then there are also these benefits and some people put them into perspective and put money behind it, like health and insurance package worth $20,000 or euros. And others don't do that and kind of miss out on, on talents. So could you give me a quick intro into that jungle and and clear it for me yeah i i wish i could even clear it up more because i fully feel uh, what you said it's like in germany salary is still a taboo topic like either like even in in job ads and even if we work with companies to search for them for talents we're like what is your salary range for this position? And they tell us and they're like, please don't tell anybody amongst uh, the candidates what our salary range is. And we're like, that doesn't make sense. Like you're wasting your time of, you know, approaching talents who will never want to be within that range. And I mean, you're wasting also the talent's time in the sense of not being transparent and seeing if that is a match or not. So yeah, I feel Germany has a long way to go there. We are definitely trying to push companies to to put the salary ranges out there. And I do see some companies, so there's a little change happening, hopefully more in the future. Um, so when it comes to, you know, how to negotiate the salary, what I do recommend, as long as it is a taboo topic, which probably is going to remain like this for, for a while, um, I do recommend to wait with the salary just for a second as a talent. Why? Because in the beginning, let's imagine this is like the first get to know interview, right? If there you already tell me your salary range and let's say it's above what I wanted to pay, I'm not in love with you yet, right? I'm, I'm kind of getting to know you, kind of trying to understand if you fit or not. So my disposition to negotiate is lower. I, I can still risk losing you, right? It's you're in a, a good talent, interesting time, but there are others as well. So you need to wait until that moment till they are kind of in love with you. They're like, we want you, you know, and this is almost towards the end. I mean, if you have two interviews after interview two, they will love you, right? So that's a great moment to talk about salary or even a good moment is, of course, once you get the offer to kind of, is that everything that they said they wanted to offer you and then you can still negotiate with them. So 
always wait till you have like this power position, meaning they want you, and then you can negotiate like until the the least you the, or the the most that you wanted to get out. However, of course, at the beginning of the process, what you can already clarify is about the general salary ranges. So, for example, if you work with recruiters or headhunters uh, like us, I, I always like tell talents, even if companies are like, please don't tell them. I will never like be super discreet, but I will kind of give a range so that that candidates kind of know uh, what is uh, the, the thing, because if not, it doesn't make sense to proceed with them. And I encourage you to do the same, like ask recruiters in the beginning, if they reach out to you, like what is the range? Um, but I also encourage you to not make it all about the money, right? Um, because especially if it's a recruiter, an in-house recruiter, meaning they work for this company, if the first thing they hear from you is, hey, I'm kind of interested, but first let me know what the salary range is, they're going to be like, oh, this person is only about the money. We don't mm. want that. Nowadays, they want to put a lot of effort, like a lot of emphasis on people who will not change jobs too fast. People are really afraid of that, right? So, um What's important, I would say, is interact a little bit with a recruiter, show the interest, and then ask them about the salary. It shouldn't be the first question you ask, but it can be within the first kind of uh, exchanges you have with the recruiter. And then in the interview process, as mentioned, to get the concrete number out, wait until they fall in love and then start negotiating and pushing for the, the salary you want. You mentioned different types of salaries, right? And, and this also is very different for every position. So definitely the base salary is like the salary that you can expect like for most of positions in Germany. And uh, that still Germany is not like super, let's say, um, modern with salary <laughs> ranges and stuff. Um, but then there's also, you know, the uh, let's say bonuses if you work in in uh, sales or also in, in marketing i see that a lot and uh, then you get a bonus on top and then you have your annual income so to say or the annual salary that is composed of two parts the base pay that you will always get which is sometimes a little bit lower and then it can accumulate to that but most of the jobs don't have bonuses um bonuses most of the time are seen uh, as an on-top benefit. So what I've seen many companies do is they they offer you a base salary and that's it. And then they're like, but on top, you can expect every year a bonus uh, depending on you know how well the company did. Of course, you cannot calculate that too well. You can ask like for on about numbers, but they will always tell you like, we cannot promise every year it can be different. So you can, can, can calculate that on top. And um, what you said about other benefits. Um, yes, I see like companies selling all type of benefits uh, to candidates. So here it's very important for you to understand what is it that matters. Um, just as an example, uh, when I was founding my company, for me, a very important factor was I want to be able to travel. I, I come from Ecuador in South America. So for me, it was like, I need to be able to be back home for three months every year. Um, and then that is something that is more valuable to me than an increased salary, right? So this would be a benefit that I can even put a number onto and be like, hey, Dear company, I'm willing to accept the salary range if on top I'm able to do remote work three months every year from my home. So if you have this type of, you know, clear things that matter for you in, in your personal life, you can include that and calculate it as an overall package. But I'm not sure if you wanted to be a bit more specific with your, like, where, where the answer should be going. <laughs> so I don't know if we should clarify 
No, I, I really enjoy the clarification, but when it comes to salary range, what, which makes sense and maybe more and more companies get to it, some people might consider this is my base salary we are talking about right now, whereas the company meant everything together, benefits, bonus, base pay, and then you're stuck with, or it is the way around, we are just talking about the base pay, and the other one was like, or let, let's just figure out numbers, hey, um, thank you, dear, dear company, I'm looking at 100k and they say, oh, you're way too expensive. We're looking at 50. And then and then there's a big discrepancy. Okay, 50K. So we can't meet in the middle. At the end of the discussion, turns out that they were talking about a base pay. And they have bonuses and benefits. And maybe this individual mentioned, mm, um, to be able to work from home two days a week is worth... 20k for me. So if your companies don't offer this, I want to have more money because I will contribute more time and more effort and more of myself towards the company. So there are so many parts of the equation to put in there. Whereas when I talk to individuals, it's a lot of times only this one number. And I would like really to emphasize on their multiple parts of the equation and how to address this because individuals in recruiting might have their language applicants are not used to because they're not applying that often and they are not that mature with compensation mix pay mix benefit mix so where's the starting point do do we start to discuss the base salary and then the rest or is it the total package plus benefits what's What's your experience with your clients on the customer side or on the company side and on the individual side? Yeah, um, I, I love what you talked about. And I want just to highlight the most important thing here is if you are, let's say, a talent, let's start with this perspective, like prepare prepare for a negotiation and yourself before even knowing you know about what benefits they offer or not you should have already knowledge of what you expect beyond you know the salary like what is the range of salary you're willing to accept and have you know the ideal salary and then the minimum salary and if it's the minimum salary that you get what additional things could make up for you know this lost additional money that you wanted and you need to know that before you go into any negotiation don't wait for the company to present because then you either accept or don't accept right and and that's not a good situation to be in so preparation is key and what i also want to say because i've seen this happening so much lately also be realistic with your salary expectation right in the end a company especially in germany like every time you hire someone you're paying so much on top right it's almost like you have to pay the salary double um because of taxes and and all the other social securities which is awesome that it is this way but i always say like i've seen so many talents asking like yeah i want you know 80k per year part time and it's like a junior hr position i'm like wait <laughs> maybe you should look at the market once more and the type of companies that you're applying for because if you're applying to startups there's no way that that's going to be a match so apply to those that could provide potentially this type of salaries and once you've done the research and the preparation that's that's the ideal case and you're going to have great results and of course from the company perspective i i fully agree that everyone is using their own language and many times companies are 
a pro like using extra language that is more difficult to understand so that they can confuse the talent a little bit. Um, thanks God, it's not like most of the companies, but I, I've seen that happen as well. So here for, for companies, I highly recommend to be as transparent as possible. And the earlier you mention that, the better the conversation with the candidate is going to be. And also like the later stages are going to be so much easier because what I see also happening a lot is because you wait until the end to talk about salary, you're about to offer the candidate, your dream candidate, the, the offer. And then you start, you know, going back and forth and creating this a little bit like awkward situation between the candidate and the company because you cannot agree on the salary i've seen this happening and and like being a month conversation <laughs> before the person can even you know hand in um the oh, i don't know the, the name in english right now but before like being able to to quit the the other job and then start working for for the new company so yeah being transparent is very very important and as a talent do your research know your worth and know what what other like complete package of benefits you want to get from a company. Thank you so much, Laura. We, we covered the recovering from the panic phase. What does the application process look like? How to leverage LinkedIn to the most of getting the right fit and getting the right job to you. And then how to prepare for the interview phase, when to mention your salary Just expectations really and what salary and can really be kind of Close it with Looking a circle all the things, that even like if a layoff is a horrible thing and I don't wish it on anybody, um, there might be a great opportunity behind that and really utilize it to create that career that you might have not been creating because you were in this comfortable situation. So really seeing it as an opportunity is step number one. And from there, I think things will go very, very well because you then have a more positive mindset. And um, if, of course there is anything of, of things that I could do or help, I'm, I'm always here and happy uh, to also be of support. Oh, 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 Laura. So everyone who is ready with their CVs, get ready and send them out to Laura. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. See you next time. <laughs> See you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the New Tech Lead Podcast. This interview was presented to you by Marvin and the New Tech Lead production team. Special thanks to our guest and interview partner. Follow us for more podcasts, check us out on LinkedIn, or visit our website, newtechlead.com. Happy learning and leading. Cheers.